Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, folks. I hope you, you're having a great day thus far, getting ready for the cold weather headed this way and a little bit of bad weather uh, to boot. So uh, keep your eye on what's going on with the weather and uh, take heed. Uh, it's going to be the first time that we looks like we reach freezing temperatures this winter, and that always presents uh, challenges. Got a great show lined up for you today. We'll visit with Mike Petrelli, uh, president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute and visiting fellow of the Hoover Institution, about the misguided war on the SAT. It's an article that, that was done in the New York Times where colleges have fled standardized tests on a theory that they hurt diversity. Well, there's a lot of new research out after a number of universities, the majority haven't abandoned SAT and ACT scores across this country, especially in elite universities that are finding otherwise, because some have gone back. And they are now comparing the data as the failout rate, uh, the problems that students are having. Very, very interesting uh, data being presented here. Nancy Landry, newly elected Secretary of State, uh, is going to join us as well. There's a lot going on in her office, and we'll ask some questions about what uh, some of this election uh, legislation that they will be talking about in a special session, whether there's a role uh, of the Secretary of State's office in this process or not. I really don't know, and I'm curious to find out, though. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang from Jefferson Parish. We'll check in with uh, Ms. Shang in order to find out what the uh, primary goals, objectives are for 2024 and some of the successes of 2023. We uh, have talked about this issue, electronic monitoring, a, a long time uh, as it relates um, to inmates, pretrial, um, sentenced individuals, waiting to go to the penitentiary. How is this going to work? Whether or not judges are appropriately using it. And typically we turn to Matt Dennis, founder and director of enforcement, ASAPrelease.org, uh, that runs one of the largest uh, uh, monitoring services in the city uh, to get an update as to where we are. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, and thanks for having me. So happy new year to you. Um, Matt, we start off an another year, 2024. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about this. There's been a, a lot of back and forth on the issue. Where do we find ourselves today? Uh, as it relates to electronic monitoring and our jail size, I think, you know, we've had a good and growing relationship with NOPD and with our city 
Uh, and I think that things are looking brighter. There's There are some solutions, and they're available. And I think the city, people like Oliver Thomas and our criminal justice committee, are taking advantage of some of these solutions. So I think it looks good. Uh, are there any goals that they're setting in 2024 as to the utilization of this technology? Well, I think that, you know, there's still a lot of confusion. It, it takes time to educate people fully. GPS sounds simple enough, but when you use it, I think as a sheriff, you understand using sure. it to mitigate jail size capacities and to protect the public. Our, our victim protection program is second to none. There is nobody else that offers it. I think that there's a lot to learn, though. It takes time. And one of the goals that I'm hoping that we're going to accomplish, and I think we are, is we've recently made an offer to fund and deliver to the city uh, the ability to do proximity reporting, which is a very important tool. It's the tool that the, the faster you run your crime scenes through our system, the faster you can catch people or at least eliminate the now 400 people that are enrolled in our program from that crime scene. So if anybody wearing an ankle monitor is committing a crime, they're going to get caught. The faster we run those proximity reportings, the better. I think, again, as a sheriff, you know the value of time when it comes to your investigations. Uh, time, you know, videos overwrite themselves. Audios disappear. Witnesses and evidence go away. And the faster you can get access to knowledge on who was at that crime scene, the faster you can go after evidence. Information is power, plain and simple. Uh, even when it comes to the utilization of other technologies like license plate recognition cameras that are in the mobile mode, um, we utilize those to ride around the neighborhood uh, around a crime scene just to capture plates to see if there's any link uh, that we can make on, on our link analysis software to anybody that may potentially be involved with that crime scene. So, I mean, it's just a, yet another tool, and you start building these tools on tops of tools. Let me ask you this, Matt. Uh, kind of the way that I view this, the world is, is that um, the utilization of the technology that you deployed is not going to ever be really less important. It's going to be more important. Uh, because if you think about what it advances in policing, and if we're able to get our human capital numbers up, um, and we start making more arrests, and we start clearing more cases, there are more bodies with a limited asset, meaning the number of prison beds available. It just heightens the need to have a robust program like this, and it's not going to go away. That's a fact. And, you know, the the program is useless without the coordination and communication with the rest of the criminal justice system. I, and, and I sent you an email and it included a case that we're dealing with now with with New Orleans. And without giving up too much information on open investigation, you know, you have an individual who's facing a criminal charge. And this is a, an interesting twist. You know, back on Lundy Gras, we were able to provide information to NOPD that puts an individual wearing an ankle monitor at the scene of a triple murder. He's been arrested. That's the Tyree Quinn case. He's been arrested. He's in jail, and he's facing these murder charges. But to have an individual wearing an ankle monitor be the victim of a murder is a whole new twist. And if not for the communication and the teamwork between us and the 7th District and the rest of NOPD, we lose tremendous amounts of, of evidence and information and time. Time is the biggest thing we lose. 
in that time would have lost the videos, the audios, and many other pieces of information that allowed New Orleans to develop. We had a pretty certain understanding that this individual probably was murdered. We knew who the suspect was two weeks before we found his body. So, I mean, that is the... That's the advancement of data, technology, and information, but it doesn't work without coordination and communication. So we, you know, we're offering this process free to the city, one step beyond what we're doing now. We've taught the districts how to do it, but now what we do is we staff our own people, our own office, with people who could take this crime data daily, not just from Orleans, but from Jefferson, St. Tammany, St. Bernard. And the first thing we should do with all of our crime locations is eliminate the 400 individuals in the Orleans Parish area that have been ordered to ankle monitors. We can eliminate them right away. It takes seconds. So I think that's something that's important and we should move forward as fast as we can. Yeah, I don't understand the reluctance. I do understand the operational challenge, though. Um, you know, you deploy technologies, third parties deploy technology, but you always have to be in a position um, to receive it. Yeah. Uh, not unlike funding. You know, it's great to go get funding of, of new projects, but if you don't have the ability to receive it, in other words, execute on those dollars to actually do what you intend to do, um, because it takes a lot of administrative work. It's, it's a lot of attention. It's not just busy work. Uh, you got to think about it, uh, think about how to process it through your systems in the most effective and efficient way. Uh, and, and if there's not that uh, desire and ability to do so, um, there's a lot of information that, that's flowing out there that's just not acted upon and, and of no value. I mean, it's only value when you act upon it, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's evident in our test run. New Orleans, like I said, on our last time I was on your show, they gave us a list of 1,460 cold case gun violence crimes that occurred from January 1st of 23 to August 1st of 23. And I don't think they expected the flood of data back that we gave them. We got, we gave them, I'm confident, data that will solve 30 crimes. I'm confident it may be even more. It may be as many as 50. It's certainly going to lend these investigations a lot of information for sure but they i don't know if they were ready for the flood of data we sent back which is why we've went one step farther and said how about let us run it all and then we can just systematically send to your intelligence or different districts or whatever your special operations are we can send them the data that relates we can send it out to who it belongs to and we can do this in a coordinated effort and I think it's extremely doable, and it's not. The one thing New Orleans NOPD doesn't have is the manpower, which is why we want to give that manpower for free to our city. It's not, we're not doing anything special. Don't get me wrong. We already do this. It's not hard to add St. Tammany, Jefferson. Jefferson should give it to us. Jefferson should link up with us, make sure that we're running their major crime scenes so we can eliminate these 400 people. Last time I was on your show, it was 350 400 it'll be 450 in another two weeks and for what you said there's nowhere to put these people there's nowhere we're seeing more arrests we're, we're on new orleans nopd to be more proactive which means there's going to be more arrests but that doesn't mean you're going to have more jail beds you're going to have a bigger issue when it comes to where to house them so doing things like proximity reporting and and you know and analyzing these crime scenes 
and something that I don't think our local law enforcement is going to be able to keep up with, which is why it's imperative we provide that service. Uh, that and the training to understand what we're giving them. It's very important. No doubt, because all it is is you're collecting their data. <laughs> it's their data that you're putting you know, together uh, in many respects, right? I mean, it's well, absolutely. Like it's- you have a, a crime scene, and we just we cross-reference that with our locations of our individuals. And if anybody was there, we give that back to you. You as a sheriff understand how extremely valuable that is. You can literally identify a suspect in minutes, Yeah, you know, with, with, that you may not have otherwise been able to identify. Let's Very hope important. that we're able to tie up these loose ends in 2024. I am optimistic. I, I see a lot of positive things happening. I think you do as well. Um, and uh, hopefully we're able to make a bigger impact on, on what we're doing. And, and maybe in the crime session, a special session that's being called by Jeff Landry, Governor Jeff Landry, that, it, that you know, there may be some additional financing funding for this uh, because I think it's key uh, to um, eliminating recidivism. They know that they're being tracked, know that we can put them in places, um, and with that, you know, less likely to recidivate. So uh, obviously it would be a win-win on many fronts. I, I can say this. We have and continue to work closely with the Attorney General, now Governor, uh, now with the new attorney general, uh, the state police who are poised to come in and help the city with some of their crime issues. They've always been involved, the FBI, the U.S. Marshals. I mean, we have a lot of training that goes on every day to teach Jefferson Parish and others how to be involved. It's only going to get better. It will continue to get better. I can say that Oliver Thomas, the head of the Criminal Justice Committee, has been very proactive. He, he definitely listens, and he is interested in solutions. There's juvenile issues. There's a lot of issues to discuss. We do have a, a, a decade-old process that has proven itself. And I think we're in good shape. We just got to let things keep moving forward as a team. We're better together, no doubt about it. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Matt Dennis, for joining us today. Keep up the great work. We'll check in with you later as to uh, any changes and status as well. Have a great week. You too. It's Matthew Dennis, founder and director of enforcement, ASAPrelease.org. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So the continuing saga of the Biden administration relative to the southern border uh, continues. It's still not a crisis. They still won't refer to it as a crisis. Um, They still continue to mislead, deflect, deny, evade answering questions. And then they counterattack by sending Corinne Jean-Pierre up to the podium and have her engage in some of the most ridiculous statements you ever heard in your life. Uh, I, I don't know that she's able to connect two dots by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I, it, it's just there's no stream of consciousness that leads you from one to the other. And all it is for her is about blame. And the reality is a lot of this is done, started with Joe Biden inviting the entire world to come here, and we're not prepared for it. How do we know that we're not prepared for it? Well, uh, the moment in time that uh, the border states started sharing the wealth, it really revealed the underbelly of the difficulties that this country has in dealing with immigration that's not going according to the rules. And this administration continues to facilitate this. So just the other day, um, you're not going to believe this, but they literally took a high school and shut it down. James Madison High School in Brooklyn, New York. And said, you're going to go back to remote learning. And we're moving in somewhere between 1,900 to 2,000 illegal immigrants into the school because of bad winter weather so now we see the direct line now we can connect the dots as to where our our citizens our kids the taxpaying public of the united states are being adversely impacted by idiots so we know that this didn't work well during the pandemic it's not going to work well now They have fallen behind in education. We need not have the discussion about the important intrinsic links of education, sound education, effective, efficient education, and where we stand in society. So who thought it was a good idea to empty a school in order to house illegals and send the students home? The neighborhood's upset, and they should be. They should be very upset. And the way that they should express their frustration is don't vote for these idiots ever again. The people that make these decisions that adversely impact the quality of your life, the education that your kids are supposed to receiving, supposed to receive, excuse me, 
And it leads to this as they think a viable solution. Many of the parents, they've been sold a pig in the poke saying it's going to be a temporary thing. It's not going to be that long a period of time. They don't believe it. They think they're going to be there till the summer. Because obviously, if there were alternative places for them to be, that's where they would have sent them, right? They would have sent them somewhere else. One would hope. Maybe not. But here we are, and and this is going to continue. Uh, You have the hue and cry from the leaders of sanctuary cities that were so proud, pounding their chest about being sanctuary, about being open to all peoples, about being all things to all people, no matter what the cost, until they have to bear the cost. And once they bear the cost, then they want to blame everybody else. It was Vogue to be sanctuary. That was the cool thing to do. You were woke. And we were so worried about how we would be labeled at one point in time that we all jumped on the sanctuary bandwagon as though the underbelly of this issue would never reveal itself and would never be impacted. So it's going to be interesting. Got a text here. What's your source for this information? You can just Google it. You're going to get about 10, 12 publications that have reported on this issue. Um, So, I mean, here we are. It's going to continue on and on. We don't know what we're doing. A lot of the same similar kind of activities have been going on in Chicago. The citizens there are, are terribly upset. It's impacting their lives, impacting their neighborhoods. People are not uh, thinking through uh, this process. And in the meanwhile, we continue to do nothing. In fact, just the other day, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, reacted to the unprecedented number of border crossings. Um, you know, and, and now there's an impeachment of him that, that's, that they've tried uh, attempting to start, and I think they've started it. Well, he he was meeting privately this past Monday with uh, some Border Patrol agents, and it's being reported in a number of of, um, news agencies. And he said that the current rate of release for illegal immigrants apprehended at the southern border is above 85%. So 85 of every 100 they stop, they let them come right on in. And there's, there's nothing that else that they can do about it. Now, this is an interesting number because just the week before, he was on Brett Baer's special report, <clears throat> and Brett asked him that he had heard the number was about 70% um, of the migrants were released into the U.S. each day. And Mallorca said, I, I would not, that would not surprise me at all. <clears throat> I know the data. Well, he actually knew the data then, and he just didn't, choose to reveal it that it's above 85 percent because that would not have bode well on a national news channel right to to make that admission but you get into the uh, private meeting down at the southern border and you're willing to share with the border agents who uh, i don't know how um, they strap up every day going out there knowing that that this is a losing proposition you, you can interview any of them 
talk about how this is broken, talk about the Biden administration's policies not working, knowing they're not working. They've been articulating they're not working. They've been showing them how it's not going to work. And yet there's nothing changing. Maybe this whole impeachment thing with Mayorkas, he'll have a change of heart. He seems to be talking a little bit different already. But isn't that a shame? But then the other, the other interesting thing that was revealed the other day is that he basically told them, y- y- y'all sure y'all want to do this impeachment thing? I'm the devil you know. You may not want that person coming behind me, as, as though to imply he knew who it was going to be, and it's going to be worse than him. <laughs> I mean, you cannot make this up where we are with this administration. This, is, this administration is lost in, in the high weeds on so many different fronts, it's absolutely crazy. Let's fast forward to the Department of Defense with Secretary Austin. They're going to have a 30- or 60-day review on how to notify an individual when you're getting ready to go under anesthesia. You're going to be out of the mix. You're going to be in surgery. You're going to be dealing with prostate cancer or otherwise. And it didn't happen once. It happened multiple times in less than 30 days while our troops are being fired upon in the Red Sea. Now, how I, I just simply have to ask you, folks. And I know people think I'm just picking on the Biden administration, but let's just remove that. Everybody works, you know, for the most part in an organization, corporate, private, public sector, not-for-profit sector. Is it uncommon that there's a notification process if you're going to be out, ill, sick, um, if there's an important meeting coming on, there's an important event? Uh, going on that very much impacts what you do, um, what the company does, and and otherwise? And is there one person, and in this case, interestingly, the public information officer, who is involved in NADA operationally, NADA, that individual is the mouthpiece of the people that matter. Plain and simple. Typically has very little operational knowledge of how an organization runs or otherwise. In this case, because this individual happened to be out sick with the flu, this whole thing ran amok. Now, it doesn't get any more elementary with this. Let us step back for a moment and go back to your personal experience where you work. Are these protocols in place? Do you know who you have to call? Do you know who they have to call? I'm sure you do. This is about as low-hanging fruit as possible. And this is our Pentagon. This, this, this is our Department of Defense. And you can tell John Kirby and the two-star general how embarrassed they are and how painful it is for them to go to that podium and have to explain away this happenstance. And the only thing that they fall back on is that we're going to have a, I can't remember if it's 30 or 60 day study, and it's imperative that we get it right. Well, it, 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 
damn right it's imperative that you get it right. You should have been getting it right all along. What are you going to do and what are you going to put in place to compel people that are otherwise, you know, highly educated, like the general? Somebody said something to somebody not to pass this information along. Does anybody really believe this happened by accident? I don't. It's too important. I mean, this is a forward-leaning organization. Are they going to have an investigation and reveal all of these conversations? No, because it's going to be too damn embarrassing. Meanwhile, the other countries around the world are laughing at us, right? Meanwhile, fast forward to our foreign policy as it relates to Israel, and we continue uh, to try and placate and be the chameleon and be all things for all people on this issue because here we are in 2024 and we have a presidential election and we know that there are downstream implications for this president with the Palestinian community because they don't like what's happening over there. They don't like the fact that um, as a people they're being humiliated by Hamas. They want to blame it on somebody else. Because Hamas is supposed to be their savior. Well, Hamas will never be their savior. Hamas doesn't give a damn about the Palestinians. Actions speak louder than words. All we have to look is what they have done and what they have engaged in. But we're going to try and placate all of these folks and try to place blame and try to put handcuffs on someone who's fighting for their very existence. Meanwhile, on day one of 2024, they are... They bring in the new year with what? Hamas firing more rockets into Israel. Beautiful. They're obviously not getting it. Got a text here that says, why should his private medical information be made public? Because he's a public figure and and there's an exception in HIPAA when uh, you hold these types of positions that are critical to the safety and security of this country because he's in the chain of command as it relates to uh, a number of different issues. We are on two fronts right now, although not actively engaged, but providing a lot of information, a lot of money, and a lot of arms. That's why. It's fairly obvious. I'm not picking on him. It's just that if you don't want some of these things about your private life to come out, don't go into public life. Plain and simple. Because it's guaranteed. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Been there, done that. So you don't take those jobs. And most people reveal it because they understand that role. Hence, Steve Scalise, just the other day. Steve Scalise, probably six, seven times since Thanksgiving, providing information about where he is and what he's dealing with. I mean, if we don't understand the importance of the position that we hold and we're balancing my right to privacy as to prostate cancer, which is pretty prevalent, I think it's the number one, uh, or it's one of the top killers Uh, of males in this country 
balanced against the position that I hold, if we can't connect those dots, I don't know what what we're going to be able to connect. But the breakdown in these policies and the breakdown in the protocols and the breakdown in the adherence to this notification protocol and this song and dance routine that's going on is just not healthy for the country. And it'd be a lot better if they just went to the mic and told the truth. This person screwed up, this person screwed up, this person screwed up. They're going to be, they're going to have to be held accountable. You know, it's amazing. All these people want all these high-paying jobs. They want this, they want that, but they don't want accountability. They want to be part of the elite status, but they don't want accountability. We just saw that with the alleged elite universities testifying before Congress on simple questions. We just saw that relative to plagiarism where there was a two-tier system of accountability, one for students, they get kicked out of school, and one for the president of the university that get, is allowed to cure the problem and continue to receive a $900,000 salary. And then have the mainstream media and others stand up for, for this individual and say that plagiarism is a new weapon of conservatism. Really? We're going to be talking to Mike Petrelli in the 12 o'clock hour about the ACT and the SAT. Has been coined as being evil. Against diversity, against equity. The most recent studies are revealing something very different. The goal now, because of these studies, when you start talking to the University of California officials, what are they saying? They're coming out and saying that the role of college is to uplift people now. No longer should it be that we seek out the best and the brightest students. No longer should it be that we are interested in the best and the brightest because we want to find the new frontier, whether that be in medicine, energy, wind, technology society social services no we should be there to uplift so the whole move now is all about making things totally equal total equity name a single outcome that has complete pure equity it does not exist nor will it ever but here we are trying to achieve and accomplish something that we know is not going to work so the real question is for you the taxpayers and you know financing these higher ed uh, educational systems and looking at the failure rate, the dropout rate, and everything else, is that every time there's a failure, every time there's a dropout, that is money invested that you get, society gets, your state gets, no return on your investment. Instead of trying to lure students that are going to be able to get through the four years of the educational process, 
with a high percentage pass rate, that should be of no consequence. We should just make the investment willy-nilly, blindly walk away from the outcomes because they don't matter. Because if we made them one degree, two degrees, three degrees better than the day that they entered in, in the university, that should be sufficient return on our investment for your taxpaying dollars. And that may very well be the path that we go in almost every sector of what we do. If you listen to comments, and I'm paraphrasing of Michelle Obama the other day, the federal government is all things for all people. That's the lifeline. Everything in our society is the federal government. Let me translate that for you. Everybody will pay more taxes. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So the other day during an interview, former President Trump says, we have an economy that's so fragile and the only reason it's running now is it's running off the fumes of what we did, meaning him. It's just running off the fumes. He also added, when there's a crash, and I hope it's going to be this next 12 months because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. The one president I just don't want to be is Herbert Hoover, meaning that he doesn't want to come in when, you know, things are not so bad and then faces a Great Depression based on uh, the previous administration's implementation of their policies. No matter how you look at this statement, no matter how you shake it out, no matter how you dice it up, there's only one way to describe this statement, and that is stupid. If you're going to run for the presidency of this great country, you don't ever wish its economy to go into the tank. Because when that economy goes into the tank, what happens? People suffer. He knows that. But he can't see past his own egotistical nose. Because it's about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about others. It's one of the few statements that was made recently by President Joe Biden that I actually agree with. That is an ignorant statement. And Republicans should take him to task for it. Because if we think that an economy that goes into the tank is, is going to be discriminating to the extent where it only harms Democrats and not Republicans, you're equally stupid. 
I mean, this is absolutely incredulous that at this point in time in our society that our leaders will wish bad, horrible happenstances on our country. And at the same time, in the same breath, ask you to vote for them. Has everybody lost their mind? It's absolutely crazy. It's as if and though this is a happenstance that is completely sanitized of pain and suffering. People losing their jobs. People not being able to put, you know, food on their table to feed their families if an economy crashes. People having to sell their car. People having to give up their homes. People having, there's a lot of pain that goes with that. How can you be so careless in your words? And in the next breath, ask you people to vote for you for president of the United States. Sometimes I think he's just so off the cuff and so out of out of reality that we we've almost become insensitized to to what he's saying. And not just with Donald Trump, but with every one of these folks that are actually out there asking for your vote for the presidency of the United States. We should all take a deep breath when they say something like that. Cut it up, dice it up, and try and figure out what it is that he's actually saying, and then call it out for the stupidity that it exhibits. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. When we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Cynthia Lee Shang, president of Jefferson Parish. We'll check in with her to see what we have going on in 2024. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.